Welcome back, everyone, to Phil's Recap and Review. Westworld Season 1, Episode 2, Chestnut. And wow, what another awesome episode of Westworld. HBO decided to give people with HBO Go a little bit of a treat. So if you're watching this early, turning this on and going, what the fuck are you talking about? The episode doesn't air till Sunday. Definitely go and check out your HBO Go account. Log in, go to Westworld. You'll see the episode listed there available to you. So don't watch me first. Go the fuck away. Run away. Quickly. Hide. <laughs> and watch this afterwards. But if you have if you have watched the episode, it, HBO decided to release it early. Released it today, I think. I tuned into H HBO Go. I was going to watch a Sopranos episode and maybe do a Sopranos review tonight. But I saw that Westworld episode two was already up. And I'm like, fuck it. Let's watch this episode right now. Let's get out here and recap. I got a toasty beverage here, and I'm here tonight to talk about the second episode of Westworld. Really another great episode. But if this is your first time joining us, welcome. Thank you so much for checking us out. If you want to reach me, there's a lot of different ways to reach me and get to me and share your thoughts about the episode or about anything we're babbling about. We have a text and a voicemail line at 781-913-8509. We also have a new call-in call number tonight, checking it out, seeing how it's all working. And it's uh, 315-948-8237 if you want to call in and join the fucking show and talk to me live. Or if you want to text or send a voicemail, that's use that other number. You can also email me at igotissuesman at gmail.com. You can tweet at me at igotissuesman. I'll try to get those things during the show. If not, I'll address whatever you said in the next show for Westworld. I reviewed the first episode and I loved it. I said, if I enjoyed the second episode and the next few episodes, maybe I'd do this every week. Maybe this would be something I'd do more often. I fucking loved episode two. I might have even loved episode two a little bit more than I loved episode one. I really like what's going on in this show, and we're going to get all into it in a second, go all up in it. But again, I'm not alone. This was, this was unannounced. No one knew I was going to be out here, but even still, I see out of my peripheral vision in the side eye of my fucking sandwich. That's right. I have the best people, the fucking greatest, the motherfucking issues chat. Oh, I love all those folks that are jumping in and joining me live wherever you're checking this out. If you're listening to the podcast later or if you're watching this review later or if you're checking this out on the new stream that we're doing. So uh, the best people in the world, if you come check out our YouTube page live and jump in the live motherfucking chat, meet all those awesome folks and share your thoughts about the episode live with me. Share your questions, comments, throw them in there. Try to get in as many as I possibly can while we go through the episode. Here we go. Oh, my gosh. Make Joe watch this show. What's up, Phil? Did the episode already drop? What the fuck? The episode is out. Hello, I'm watching on mute since I haven't watched the episode yet. Yes, HBO Go. Log into someone's HBO Go account and watch this. And I agree. I should make Joe watch this show. I tend to historically have a better time when Joe gets into shows himself. If I tell him to watch something, he's going to find a reason to hate it. He's going to look into it. He's going to... Phil wanted me to watch this. I need to hate this. <laughs> Nothing's not real like that, but I bet he'll discover the show on his own. And, and I know Joe's really busy right now adjusting to his work schedule. And we'll get into that more when we get into the Walking Dead reviews when we have Joe back on the show. But he will be back. Uh, he's just starting a new job and moving and doing a lot of shit. So he's uh, he doesn't have time for things like podcasting. No. 
We're going to get him on. He's going to be doing some Soprano reviews with me and hopefully be doing some Westworld stuff if he gets into the show. Westworld is the Sunday night Game of Thrones slot. Episode one is free to watch for everyone on the HBO website. No subscription needed, says Iron Throne. Pete EC says, so what day of the week does Westworld air? Westworld airs, as Iron Throne was just saying. I realize I should read down from up to down, not down to up. So in the live motherfucking chat. But it airs at nine o'clock on Sunday nights in the Game of Thrones position. Locked and loaded in that Game of Thrones position. Awesome. Watching it now as I'm reviewing it. That's fucking great. So yes, again, I'll say it again. I'll keep saying it a couple of times from now. Episodes not leaked or anything. HBO decided to release it early instead of releasing it on Sunday. They put it out now if you have HBO Go. I don't think it, you can just watch it on the website, but if you have an HBO Go account or you know someone with an HBO Go account, they'll let you log into their account. You can watch it and it'll probably be available on those are the pirate seas not too long from now since it's been posted and stuff. Okay, so getting into this episode a little bit, like I said, really fun episode. It gets way more of a perspective thing going on this coming from the eyes of someone going into the park for the first time and just seeing it. We, we don't really meet too many new characters, but we get to know some more things about our characters. I think it really just in a lot of the performances were just a little bit more on in this episode. We get right down into the fact that the sentience is happening. And what I wonder in coming off this episode is if it has something to do with that, that sentence, the Romeo and Juliet quote, these violent delights have violent ends because we can say that somehow the father, the Jorah father guy, I'm still, let me, let me get this off out of the way. I still don't know the names of the characters. So I'm going to be referring to them by their trait that I know them by. And the father, uh, fucking uh, Dolores's father on the show who looks a little bit like Jorah. I call him Jorah. He, because of his, Johnny Five moment, becoming alive, developing sentience because of the picture. Maybe someone planted something else. He whispered to Dolores the line, these violent delights have violent ends. And that started her process of her mind expanding. Or you could look at it like that. Everything that's happened since that point in time has developed her mind further. And then in this episode, at one point in time, when, what the hell's her name? I Again, I, the, the madam whatever her name is, Mean, or whatever the fuck her name, I've written down somewhere, but Maeve, I believe it is. So Maeve, when she bumps into Maeve, she says that line to Maeve. These violent delights have violent ends, which at that point, then Maeve starts going on this self-discovery thing. So, and we also hear a male voice talking to Dolores throughout the episode, which is really kind of creepy. I don't know whose voice it was, if it was her father's voice. To me, it sounded at times like Ed Harris's voice. Could be wrong. Then we have Ed Harris with this whole trying to find the maze thing, which to that section to me feels a little losty. It feels like John Locke on one of his lost adventures. I failed to mention a lot last time when I talked about how this is a Jonathan Nolan and his wife Joy's passion project but jj abrams is also a huge part of that as dakota our good friend dakota made sure to remind me so there so it does make sense that some of the lost vibe that i get in it to a certain extent some of the positives of lost i get from it i just hope and i and i appreciate they didn't do this in this episode they didn't introduce any real new mysteries other than the maze thing but that was introduced in the first episode they're really taking their time and but not 
but not chintzing on it. They didn't go back on the, the sentience thing. They're progressing further down that road. And it's very interesting with the dreams and Anthony Hopkins again in this episode was just so engaged the way he did his lines. He was just so biting. He almost seemed more engaged in this episode than he did in the first, just simply because I think he's, probably them all just knowing that the show's on and they're doing it. It's a pilot. It's, it's kind of a different kind of vibe and you're all getting together for the first time. Excuse me. When you start to get into the actual run, you can really relax as an actor. That's what seems to be happening with Anthony Hopkins. Welcome Ty queen. Great to see everybody that's joining us or any of the people that have popped in and out during this live stream. I know most people that might be watching this haven't watched the episode yet. So most likely some, People that are watching this stream are watching it after the fact, maybe even in some cases after Sunday. So again, if you haven't watched the episode, HBO released it early and I've just spoiled a lot of it for you, but whatever. No, <laughs> you know, when you're going into one of these recaps that we're recapping the episode. So it is a fun fucking episode. We follow Dick and Logan, or Dick, Logan and Billy through a big part of this episode. These are two guys coming into the park. One that's a veteran that's been there a lot and really, really drinks up the delights that the place has to offer. And then Billy, just from sizing up what's going on, failed marriage, was married to this dude's brother who he also works for and was trying to blow off some steam or maybe they're having problems. Or, I don't know. I'm reading things in reading character traits into it but that's part of a good acting job by the performers to they didn't tell me much i just saw from a couple moments and a couple of drops of language and just the guy's whole reaction i'm guessing that he's having problems with his wife she thinks he's too uptight too closed off or something like that and he's also having troubles at work being too safe and getting a reputation and this is in the world to be safe in we're learning more about the outside world and what kind of world it is it's not a world to be safe in it's a world to take chances or something like that whatever i'm just i'm suppositioning a little bit and this guy's being brought in here to be made a point of to to kind of show to to make him go out of his comfort zone to make him go crazy a little bit. And then we see things from his eyes and all the questions that I might've been asking. I can only speak for myself coming off to that first episode. Is this real? Does it matter? Like the, that's a hologram, hologram thing too. There's a lot of Star Trek things with the holodeck shit with the, with the, is it real? Does it matter at certain point in time? Does it stop mattering if it's real? If it just feels real? It's the Matrix thing. I don't know. I like Joey Pants with the Matrix. I'm eating this meat. I know it's just a bunch of shit going through my brain. I'm not eating anything, but it's pretty fucking good meat. <laughs> I'm going to deal with it. I know this beer isn't real and I'm really in the Matrix. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. I know it. Haven't seen this show, but been but watching House of Cards. Great House of Cards, especially this most recent season. I really enjoyed it. And I am ready for Vikings, too. It's been so long. I feel so disconnected from that show. So getting back into this, we really do see awesome perspectives from the newcomers in this episode. And seeing two very different mindsets going into this. And we also see a third at the end with, with, uh, with the dude shooting our... Uh, Cyclops, our good guy there. Not Billy, Willie, whatever the hell his name is. Okay, so we get a pr perspective coming into the park. So here we go. Let's get into it. Let's not waste any fucking time and get right into our recap. <laughs> 
Okay, time for the recap. So the episode opens, get this fucking hat off you. Silly bitch. I'm a silly bitch, guys. Gals alone, home alone tonight. Fucking podcasting. Love it. Got a beer. Got my fucking friends out there in the motherfucking chat. It's a good time to fucking get silly, everybody. Good time to get silly. Thank you for joining me tonight. Any of you guys that are jumping on in. Hello, docs. Okay, so we open the episode opens up, <laughs> and oh wait, I gotta get my uh, gotta get my prop for later. Gotta get my prop for later. Where the fuck did I put that? Okay, here we go. Have to get pre- have to preset my props. Don't don't want to don't want a disaster going on here. So we he, the episode opens up, and we hear the words from I don't know what the fuck it is. Wake up, Dolores. It's a male voice. It's dark. It almost sounds computerized. It may be her father. I don't know. I'll have to watch the episode again to really like listen to the voice. But it says, "Wake up, Dolores," and it's and it's her waking up in the middle of the night in that that I keep calling it the Groundhog's Day shot that we see of her lying down on the bed and waking up. <laughs> Put your little hand in mine. Shut that fucking thing off. Oh, holy batshit, Robin. Just watched episode two and I see this great, great, perfect fucking timing. Hello, Grace. Hey, great to see you, PCI. Awesome. Great to see you as well. Thank you to everyone popping on in again. You guys are fucking awesome. And you know what I need to do? I just need to... I can't! Oh, yeah, that's right. Fuck up, fail. Okay, so so I get I hear that music in my head. But instead of hearing shut the fuck up, Phil, I hear wake up, Dolores. It's a it's a name that rhymes with a female body part. Dolores. Dolores. So we hear those words, wake up in the middle of the night, and she heads outside, and then we hear the words, do you remember? And it says, uh, and we see kind of like a flowing image, and it transitions, and we don't actually get to see what she's looking at or what it kind of becomes, but it transitions to dick. <laughs> to, to the, I keep, I wrote, <laughs> there's two characters that we meet are the newcomers. One's a dick, and one guy's name's Billy. The dick's name's Logan. But in my notes, I wrote, I note talk. I know everyone loves fucking note talk. But in my notes, I wrote, dick is Logan. So when I'm looking at the names really quick, I'm just looking at the first and last name, which is Dick Billy. <laughs> so I keep calling the first guy Dick. So Dick is Logan. If I refer to a guy as Dick, I mean Logan. So we meet Logan and Billy coming into the park for the first time. And let's listen to a little bit of Logan and Billy. Let's let it, let's, let's get We're Logan. about to arrive. Is Billy. May I take your glass? May I touch your ass? Wait, did she say may I touch your ass? Where we're going. We don't need roads. You're being an asshole. No. I'm being 
myself, which was the whole point of this trip. Unless this uptight prick is who you really are, in which case, feel free to be someone else. Fuck you. Hey, that's the spirit. So these, these guys, it's just interesting to see, to hear the perspective of, of two people coming into the park. Oh, I'm trying to raise and lower the volume, but I have the wrong button. I'm like, have fun. Stay safe. Give me a break. What? No, my sister didn't ride her share of cowboys when she was here. Now that is the that is the only real character description we get of their past. And one other moment when he says, "There's someone at home waiting for me, someone real that I that I want." So my her sister rode her share of cowboys. So it makes sense that maybe she's making the brother take him there to to lighten him up a little bit. And uh, Doc's, I where my it's funny you say that because we're, we're I I have it set up so I get notifications when I go live too, just so I know it goes out. And I didn't get one too, so I I don't think it sent one out for whatever reason. So uh, so this this is our private little stream. Whoever whoever, whoever happened to stroll on by, nobody knows about this. Shh, don't tell anybody about this stream. It's private. Shh. Uh, what the fuck was is with Bernard? Is he fucking with Dolores? There's some fucked up shit going with on with Bernard and Dolores. We'll get to that scene for sure. There is some serious hinky bullshit. Is he the one setting all of this in motion and working even unilaterally around Anthony Hopkins's character Ford and to try to elicit sentience? Because or is he just getting off on it from a? scientific level and from just a maybe something else is going on with him and Dolores a very interesting scene between the two of them that was one of my favorite scenes of the night uh we'll definitely get to that one cheers oh I'm drinking a beer too to our private stream everybody that's joining me in the live motherfucking chat fucking cheers oh Jon Snow's dad here I am old man's that Jon Snow my son I taught him everything and he knows nothing what a fucking bastard oh mm. <laughs> erase my event okay cool i will chairs oh shit prince caspian is on this show i'm digging this series as well as ash versus the evil dead i am also i've also enjoyed what i've seen of ash versus the evil dead that's a very fun series lots of fun Okay, so uh, so yeah, we get Dick and Billy, this transition to two guys sleeping you know, in the tram heading into Westworld. Then they separate to have some fun, and w this is uh, Will's first time into Westworld. We basically see an intake. This is what we see. We see a whole intake situation. Intake situation, Miles. Sonny Phil! Given it's your first visit, I have a few personal questions. Do you have any pre-existing medical conditions? Uh, no, not that I know of. Oh, problems? Do you have any? This is a funny scene, too. This is, this is one of my favorite moments. This actor that is on this, that plays this part of Billy, I, where I first know him from, he's been in a lot of different things, but would, like a lot of shit. I first know him from How I Met Your Mother in the Beercules episode, Hercules, Beercules episode of uh, How I Met Your Mother, where Marshall like recorded a tape where he's drinking strolling through the streets and he's playing this game called Edward's beer hands where he's got two forties strapped to his hands. But, uh, but I, I like this actor. He reminds me a little bit of Christian Slater a little bit, but, uh, but no, he, he's a, uh, I think for characters, I don't know if these gonna these are going to be regulars or they're like one-offs and we're going to have a week to week sort of vibe about this show as well. 
But uh, I thought they both the characters came off very well, him, uh, Logan and Billy. And I did not care about them. And I think they added a dynamic of our eyes and our perspective a little bit more in Westworld, whereas in the first episode, they played with it a little bit. But we didn't really come from anyone going into the park. We saw people coming in, but we didn't go in with somebody. And going in with these two, I thought, really helped. It gave you what? It gave you a cool feel about the process. And this was a, I really enjoyed this scene between, and I think the actress who played the fembot here did a great job of playing in some of her lines about does it matter? I mean, come on. Uh, and how she probes him and gets what he wants. And then when she realizes what he doesn't want, immediately the programming goes to back away. I don't care. <laughs> it's real cool stuff. Any history of mental illness, depression, panic attacks? Oh, I hated Ted too. He's my least favorite character. Do you often experience social anxiety? Critch says this intake was very similar to the start of the 1973 movie. Okay, interesting. So we got our first episode, which maybe showed how this world's different than the 1973 movie. And this, maybe it's going to fall, take some more elements of the movie to kind of show you that perspective. It may, you're making me, the more you talk about it, Critch, the more it makes me want to check out the 1973 movie. Intensely experienced guests. How far you want to go is entirely up to you. What does that mean? As far as I want to go. So how does this work? Is there an orientation? <laughs> yeah. Do, do, no orientation. Do you, do you touch me uh, no awkwardly guidance. or something? Like, like figuring out how. Like, it works how do we start? All you do is make choices. Starting here. I don't know if I'd like this place either. Spoke and exactly your size. You want to ask, so ask. Are you real? Well, if you can't tell, does it matter? Ooh, I love that line. You want to ask, ask. I want her to go all Sam Kinison. Suddenly Sam Kinison's voice comes out of there and she's like, say it, say it. <laughs> Real. He's referring to the guns in this situation. Right? The gun. You're not supposed to. What's that mean? You can't kill anyone Anything you're not you like? supposed to. Is there a changing room? Or a rope? A changing room? Whoa. I can help you. Or if you prefer, I could step outside. Or if you prefer, you can do all sorts of weird what stuff to me. What a most you don't have to worry about what most people would do. I think I'd be again, I think I this was really awesome because I think I would be relating to every single one of these questions that this guy asks. That's why I think this scene works so well, and I think this episode works really well. By doing this, it really again puts you in this driver's seat. It makes you think about things from again, there's several times in this in this show. And I want to keep reminding myself when we see situations like this, especially when we meet his dick friend and learn more about more about him, who basically in a scene coming up pretty soon explains the rules of role-playing games to his friends. When, uh, when this guy eventually we're going to, we're going to get to it, but when he eventually helps the old guy 
And the guy goes, don't help him. He just has a stupid quest for you. It reminds me of like playing an online multiplayer game with your friend. And he's like, don't help that person. You're going to get involved in a fucking side quest. I don't want to deal with that side quest. And then you just kill the fucking guy or something. Like it's, uh, it's, it, and it's hard not to look at the world that they're in where maybe this is the role-playing game. But again, what the show does marvel marvelously is makes me give so much a shit about the 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 android creatures and think about them as the good guys on the show and make these humans who i think are just in some ways just going in there to experience i said it last time i'll say it again knights of the Old republic being a dark jedi and that first time you kill somebody that's close to you in that fucking game feels good. Am I a horrible person? Because every time I play that game, I become a dark Jedi. I haven't once finished it on the light side. I just go in there and I love it. I could play it over and over again that way. I mean, am I a sick fuck? Or is that a good platform for me to get out that kind of fucking evil? Same in Star Trek. A holodeck's a good place to act out weird fantasies. And what point is fantasy okay? I mean, I think fantasy's fine. I have fucking... Hang me up by my nipples off the Statue of Liberty and slap my butt. I don't care. I mean, in a in a fucking fantasy, that was weird. I, I was just trying to think of the weirdest thing I put. Maybe that's as dark as my mind goes. Something with the fucking my nipples and the statue. I don't know. <laughs> too too much information, Phil. <laughs> awesome. I hope you enjoyed the show, Ray. <laughs> the two guests, uh, Good Shy Guy and Sleazeball, identical to the movie. Interesting. I'll rewatch this when I watch the show. See you, Phil. Thank you, Ty Queen. Great to see you. Imagine the NPCs in our game after learning from our game personas organize a raid in our world. That would be fucking evil. Again, it, I can't help but look to other media to make references to this thing. It would be as almost as swift as Judgment Day. And it would just be like a quick decision. The machines made the decision in about 3.2 seconds, sir. Excuse me. Yeah, sorry about the awkward fantasy about the nipples and the, and the Statue of Liberty. Oh, say can you say? So we learn about someone. Uh, someone comes into the park, how it works. It's on you. Uh, we get to see the guns, the costumes, how it all works. You get perfect costumes that fit you perfectly. You go in, go through all that. And Critch was saying, again, with the movie, same situation, kind of shy type guy and a kind of a dick, a guy that's been there before and, and enjoying everything, a total uh, uh, sleazeball friend, just to use the, use to use the words. So then we go to girl, I don't know her character name, Raising Hope Girl. Um, if you haven't seen the show Raising Hope, she's the brunette, other scientist uh, that's that kissed one of the NPCs last episode. And now she is alt and now in this episode, she is the kind of fix-it girl, is the vibe I get from her. She is the she takes. She can save androids that are almost gone, and she really has. And at first, in the first episode, I thought maybe she had an affinity for them. But I think she just gets off on using them because they're not real, but they look real. And she's kind of gets a little a power trip. She's getting off on the godlike vibe. If there's any actor I'm not loving a thousand percent on the show, it's maybe her a little bit, but it's personal because I know her from a different show and the show is a very different kind of show. It's like when you see an actor that's from like uh, a serious comedic show 
or not serious comedic show, a crazy comedic show and plays a specific kind of character. When you see them in an outside role, sometimes it doesn't jive with you. It's maybe it's better to do it the other way around. When you see a dramatic actor or a, uh, or an action actor, then go to comedy after the fact. I think that works a little bit better than the other way around for me personally, just because once someone makes me laugh doing goofy shit, it's tough for me to really look at them too seriously, unless you're Robin Williams or something. But, but I don't know. I, I, she's all right. She's just not my favorite element of the show so far. And, uh, that's somebody I want to come onto the show at some point. Speaking of raising hope, Garrett Dylan Hunt or something, whatever his name is, the guy I want with everything. When someone's like, "Who do you want to come on the Walking Dead?" Garrett Dylan Hunt. Who do you want to come on this show? But I'd, he would actually go really well in this show in this world because he was on Deadwood. So uh, I would absolutely love to see him make an appearance and with someone else from Raising Hope. Who knows uh, that in him working on HBO before? It's a definite possibility. Hello, Sam. Great to see you. Uh, Sam, yeah, it re got released two days earlier. So if you have HBO Go, you can go and check it out right now. Yeah, so and again, I'm going to keep reminding that several times through the rest of this show. So, okay, so then we go to the Raising Hope Girl and uh, Bernard, who really, as much as he was great in the first episode, the actor that plays Bernard and the character Bernard is someone I'm really enjoying in the show. And seems to be someone is very deep and there's a lot of shit going on with him that we haven't even been disclosed to we mentioned it earlier but that scene with him and dolores was intense and i can't wait to get to that scene to talk about it so here we go oh, no fuck you machine this this little machine's fucking with my ass now okay number four raising hope girl talk to me get around to it look we assumed Abernathy's breach was triggered by the photograph that he found. I've reviewed every dissident episode I could find. The reaction is immediate. Every time this guy makes it all the way back home. It's like he's mulling it over. You think he had an existential crisis? I think there's something fucked up going on with his cognition. And I think you feel exactly the same way that I do. Yeah, Bernard did the the lie thing where you say something that you really believe, but you say it in a sarcastic way to, to lay, cre to devalue your thoughts, not to, cause you don't want anyone to know that you're thinking this. And she, in, in her defense, I don't like, I like the character. I don't like the actress playing the character. The character calls him out on it right there. And she's like, you believe the same shit. I believe, you know, something weird's going on here. I'm getting off on it. Uh, we think about it from different ways. I'm a little bit more brash and whatever than you, but we both know what's going on here. Cut the bullshit, Bernard. Do we know where the error originated? We do. And you covered for him. Let me rebuild Abernathy. Uh, Ford, Anthony Hopkins' character. It seems like... It's not that he fucks up, but Anthony Hopkins... And you see it more in this episode, but definitely he because he seems more engaged. I just mean the, the character, Ford, seems more engaged in this episode. He has a different agenda as well. The company, as we'll call it, whatever, that wants to do more and that we've heard a little bit about in the first episode, they have an agenda. Everyone has an agenda. What, I forget her name, uh, the, the, the head of operations girl, woman. She said in the last episode, everybody has a different stake in this. I, this place is something different to everybody. And it's something different to 
Anthony Hopkins' character. He's thinking about this in another way. He has a couple of amazing lines and amazing moments. And uh, we'll, we'll get into that with him and Bernard in a second. One of my favorite moments of the episode. Make sure this is not something more serious. You know the policy. Let it lie. Then let me at least pull the host who had contact with him. Like the daughter, Dolores. What for? Because if this is not a dissonant episode, then whatever Abernathy had could be contagious. Contagious? So to speak. Dolores was examined and cleared. I'm telling you, it's the words. And the stories are best left to the guests. It's the Romeo and Juliet line is what I think is the contagious term. Uh, Critch says, it's amazing after three watch-throughs with the captions on so I don't miss anything. I'm totally hooked. They put episode two on demand already. The 1970s movie, while it may be included for backstory purposes, are so unlike the series. They're essential cotton candy to the series. This is your brain on drugs, is it? Highest recommendation, recommendation for the pilot, where the series lives up to the pilot, is beyond control. And that is a very good point Critch makes. And if And I just hope, and I'll say it again. I'm. It takes me three episodes to be a believer in something, but two episodes in, I am feeling great. I'm feeling like this is going to be at least a fun season, at least a really on high end season. Whether it can, whether it's going to be able to live up on a second season when they. Re, but but uh, Johnny was saying in the last stream that. He heard that the creator of the show, the Nolans, have a specific amount of seasons in mind for this. Have a five-season story arc or something like that. That makes me very happy, and it makes me think that maybe this could all be good, too. Because I think when someone has a plan from beginning to end, it really works. I think when you get into problems... <coughs> lost. <laughs> Well, why am I even sneezing? Lost. When you get into problems is when sometimes when you make things up on the go. Sometimes that works out. Breaking Bad, very much so. There are a lot of stuff that was or organically growing on the tree vine there. But they always tried to have things make sense. It wasn't just, hey, you want to try this? It was what logically makes sense to happen next. So, But he also always knew where he wanted it to end. If this is just a tightly woven five-season story arc that they have planned here, we could be in for a long, long road of, a, of, a, of some fun television coming our way. If, and I don't know, I'm just very curious. I'm, after episode two, I'm a thousand times more confident that this is going to be a really awesome season. And I could go back three episodes from now and be like, I hate this show. I'm never talking about it again. Fuck it. But I, I don't see it going in that direction. I'm, I see it going, getting even better. Five plotted out with a final written. Interesting. I really miss Game of Thrones. The hype live broadcast reactions. I need to hibernate till next year. Can't wait anymore. I can't wait anymore too. I'm fucking freaking out. I can't believe we have to wait till fucking June for new episodes of Game of Thrones. It's unfucking believable. Fuck. It keeps freezing on me, which is probably a sign for me to stay spoiler free, but it's great seeing everyone briefly. Enjoy the rest of your night, Sam. Have a great night. Hopefully you enjoy the episode when you see it. <clears throat> Excuse me. Excuse me. Okay, so then we go off to Dolores <laughs> arriving to town again. But this time she's different. She seems like she's overcome by emotion. And she hears the voice again as she's coming in. 
you hear is the voice. And I, this is where I said, oh, remember. Well, I don't even have to play it. Uh, she hears remember. And then she, this sort of like blink, a flash of some sort. And then she looks up, she turns around, and then everyone in the town is dead. And the only thing that's there, the only fucking thing that's motherfucking there is a fucking dire wolf. Wait, wrong button. Is a fucking dire wolf. What was that? Oh, sorry. I'm sorry. Again, dire wolf. <laughs> I was pushing all the wrong buttons there. But seriously, this show can have a fucking dire wolf in it. I know it's not a dire wolf. It's just a regular gray wolf. But whatever. It, it's that easy, Game of Thrones. <laughs> so then the madam comes up and shits talker, shit talks her a little bit. Like, get out of my way. I don't want my customers to think you're the kind of hookers that we got here. And she responds with that line. These violent de delights lead to a violent end. And we hear a sound crescendo. And the madam looks worried like something was planted. Like we heard earlier, the disease is spreading through this word. It just seems to be a trigger. I think that's a trigger phrase. I said that I said that before a couple of times, but I really think that's the direction that it's going. I think that is what is going to be spreading this sentience. So here we go back to the intake guy, back to uh, to uh, Billy getting intaked, picking out the most important part of everybody. The most important part of this whole entire excursion is, of course, this. As one final touch, which would you prefer? I choose this one. That's right, kids. Okay, I can't wear the I can't wear the headphones and the uh, the hat at the same time. So yeah, so uh, the, he chooses his hat. <laughs> he chooses his motherfucking hat, and picking out the hat. Fun times. Heading out the door into the West World. Uh, we we again fall his eyes, and it's a really awesome scene. Uh, he just you see this questioning, his doubt as he heads in there, as he enters the bar, gets a drink. His buddy eventually heads in, and we'll hear the scene in a second, but they're on a train, and he discovers he's on a train, and that's how they get into it. His voice is like, you may think what this place is, but you have no idea what we're going to do. Yeah, here we go. It's a fun little speech. So how do we get into the park? So they uncover, at this point, they're uncovering that he's on a train. And then we get the music, which I guess is our our theme music for this show. Dun, 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 dun. I know that you think you have to have one, but this is going to be guns and tits and all that. Oh, yeah. Mind the shit that I usually enjoy. You have no idea. This place seduces everybody, naturally. By the end, you're going to be begging me to stay because oh, this yeah. place is the answer to that question that you've been asking yourself. Ooh. What question? Who you really are. And I can't fucking wait to meet that guy. 
Bottoms up, Kevin. Oh, my goodness. So we get to meet that whole situation, which is really fun. And and who are you? Who, 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 who? Again, more evidence of this guy trying to drag this guy, rough him up a little bit, and let him, let him be less shy, try to live a little bit in this new world. Great moments in between the two of them. Definitely the friendship is felt or the, the interaction is felt. And again, you really, at least I relate to the shy guy in that situation. And because I, I was how I would feel coming into a place like this. I would want to enjoy it, but those for, that first time, and they mentioned that in the last episode too, we meet a guy that says, yeah, first time I went in there, I did the, all the G rated stuff with the family. Next time I came in, I went the, I went the other route. I initially going in there in that kind of context, I'd probably be very shy. By the last time I was in there, I'd be fucking not quite Ed Harris, but I'd be doing some sick shit. Bill, can you also do a movie reviews latest box office once a week? I would not be against doing something like that. Um, I'm currently underemployed. I start my new job November 1st. So I will have a little bit more disposable income to be able to maybe go to the movies once in a while or maybe do a little bit of a streaming or something like that. So uh, I would absolutely like to do something, do some more movie stuff and from newer movies. So maybe not right away, but eventually in the future when I can figure out time and money and all that sort of shit. Absolutely. We're not against doing something like that. Would would love to do a week, maybe even just something a weekly where I talk about uh, the box, like you said, the box office results and talk about the movies and what I know about them. And even if I haven't seen them, I can probably talk a little bit about the movies that came out that week. So I will, I will definitely think about that awesome suggestion. So then we're hang, then we're at a hanging. Our next scene is a hanging where we get to see finally get to see more of the Man in Black. Oh yes, here he comes. So he's approaching this. Helping him straighten out their rope again. I was hoping to have a word with my friend here. You can have as many words with him as you like. As soon as his neck is broke. Well, I'm afraid that's not going to work for me. How about I tell my man there to dig that grave a couple feet deeper? Well, it's going to be an awful tight fit for all. It's interesting to me, even in the second episode, <clears throat> they, I wonder how long they're going to put this on where he's where they make any of this tension <laughs> because it's just the man in black it could just sit there and be like bang 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 he's literally whether he is really a guest as it seems or as it's been or as it's been said a few times or he is a variation in the computer programs of sorts a plant or something whatever either way he is unstoppable at this point so it's funny the tension music in this moment i guess it's tension to lead up to say how quickly or how is the men in black gonna kill everybody in this situation but i never you never once felt and or i never once in this moment it was great scene but i didn't feel tension as in like danger tension it was just okay this is gonna be funny <laughs> this is gonna be funny right here let's see how is ed harry's gonna fuck all these dudes up oh wait Oh, 
Uh, I guess that's the end. Of, I guess that's the end of that quote. <laughs> it goes over to here, Wade. The end. Observed, reported, guest wiped out by pops and posse. So they're all aware. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's the best thanks you can muster, Lawrence. To be a little more eloquent. That he he does he doesn't seem to care about that. We'll, we'll get to that scene a little bit later. Tell Kissy sent me your way. Sends his regards. Most people are immaculate knowledge. But what is this? You know exactly what it is. It's the name, the deepest level of this game. The deepest. You're gonna help me find the entrance. Now the maze looks like a regular maze with a guy in the middle. It's it's very very interesting. Uh, this maze thing. Without divulging anything too much, Critch, for those of us that haven't seen the movie, you can answer this very simply. Is there a maze in the movie? Is the maze part of the movie? <clears throat> Is there something with Yule Brenner in the maze? I I've never seen the movie. I just know some aspects of it. So I'm just very curious if this maze is... Uh, is established before and is it, is it an actual maze? Are we going to see Ed Harris in a maze by the end of this season? Oh my goodness. So then we go to our madam section of the episode where the madam starts going into uh no, but the way into control becomes an issue. Interesting. Interesting. So then we go into more music. And we get the voiceover by the madam who's looking at the newcomers coming in and we flash over to her uh, basically talking her script similar to Dolores's script. We learn more about her and that she said the same thing many times over and over again. Then we see a flash that she has in her dreams of her family being killed, her being beaten, kidnapped. And she's talking to a guest this whole time who's already kind of put off by her for whatever reason. And then she stops and kind of pauses and has a freaked out moment. And the guest walks away, like, all freaked out. Just reach out and take it. But then I would wake up, and the voice would start all over again. So I ran away, crossed the shining sea. And when I finally set foot back on solid ground, the first thing I heard was that goddamn voice. You know what it said? The dude. Oh, yeah, this is where she starts to have her like schizoid embolism. She, she starts having flashes of her family getting killed. Sorry, please excuse me. And this dude gets the fuck out of Dodge City. You can't get the fuck away soon enough. All right, Maeve, what did it say? And we get this it interview. Said, this is the new world. And in this world, you can be whoever the fuck you want. People their response is good. Smile is good. I'd fuck her. What's the problem? I guess wouldn't. Sizemore is launching some huge new storyline and he wants us to clear out the deck wave. If we don't get our numbers back up, she'll be decommissioned. Let's bump her aggression. 10%? Double it. She's a hooker. No point in playing coy. If this doesn't work, we'll punch her to behavior. Let them deal with it. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's interesting. Good, good point, Chris. Chris says, turn up the aggression. That would not be my first choice. <laughs> it's very interesting. And and it's it ends up being that it's a little bit more of a subtlety that, 
that fixes it in the end, so to speak. And it's what Raising Hope Girl does later to her and like talks to her about adding a little bit of a more of a subtlety to it all or something like that. But the aggression things, and I love how the aggression manifests itself and how we see it manifest itself later. And excellent job by this actress that plays the character. Where is my, where is my thing? Who is Maeve? Excuse me. Maeve is played by Thundai Newton, who I looks super familiar to me. She was in Westworld, Rogue, The Slap, ER. None, nothing I've watched yet. So uh, the Chronicles of Riddick, I've saw that, but I don't remember. Mission Impossible Two. She was that is the person in that movie. Okay, the person that plays Maeve in this movie was in uh, was in this show. Is in one of my favorite movies, the Tupac and Tim Roth movie, uh, Gridlock. This chick Maeve, this actress that plays Thandai Newton, she can sing too. I wonder if they're gonna have her sing on the show. She, in that movie Gridlock, they play in a band, the three of them, and she's the lead singer of the band. And uh, I thought she looked familiar to me. Thank you, IMDb, for solving all mysteries in life. But yeah, she is in uh, the movie Gridlocked. Very funny. Dr. Ford is not a robot. I don't think you want to do that, Dr. Ford. I don't think you want to do that, Ford. So, oh, thank you so much, Texter. We had a Texter loving this show, and thank you so much for covering it. I appreciate that. Thank you so much for checking it out. Unannounced. A lot of people don't even know this episode aired, so I appreciate anybody that happens to find their way into this live stream tonight. And if you're enjoying this, I say thank you, and thank you for being in the live motherfucking chat and being part of the show. It means more to me than I can fucking say in a fucking podcast, and no amount of fucking swears will dictate that enough. If Ford is an android, then the human Ford made him. I think... We're going to get it. Have a good night, Docs. Thank you so much for joining us. And Cookie, Critch, we're going to get to this later, but which Ford are you talking about? Are you talking about the little kid Ford that we see later, which I think is Anthony Hopkins as a kid? <laughs> so uh, that he made a kid version of himself to wander around? I don't know. That's how I read that scene, which is like a way reading into it, but. Okay, so Hopkins Ford, it's his time walking through his creations. Uh, they talk or walking through, and, he, and he, him, is this the scene with him and Bernard? Yeah, him and Bernard talk. I fucking love this scene. Let's listen to the two of them, and I'm going to shut the fuck up. They even talk about Arkham Asylum's razor. You taught me how to make them, but not how hard it is to turn them off. You can't play God without being acquainted with a devil. There's something else bothering you, Bernard. It was because of uh, the thing about him that being young. It's the way they were talking. My father said that too. Oh, you wandered away from, I don't know, just the way he was talking to him made him seem like he knew everything about him already and he was implying that it was a young version of him. I might be way reading into that, but that's that's how I read that scene. It's, it's all over my notes. I'm like, is this young Hopkins? I mean. No, that head of yours works. The photograph alone couldn't have caused that level of damage to Abernathy, not without some other uh, outside interference. You think it's sabotage? You imagine someone's been diddling with our creations? 
Just the simplest. Solution. Whoa, 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 whoa! I, I love, I love that we're in a world where Anthony Hopkins just said the word "diddle." He's like, "Is it? Listen, all y'all, is it a sabotage? Is someone diddling with our stuff? Are you a diddler? Stop diddling, diggler." Mr. Hopkins Razor. Probably not. Is that what you and I do? Is so complicated. We practice witchcraft. We speak the right words and we create life itself out of chaos. William Vulcan was a 13th century monk. He can't help us now, Bernard. He would have us burned at the stake. Whoa, fucking crazy. Amazing stuff. And that was one of those scenes, just the way Anthony Hopkins digs in in that scene really drives me crazy. And him and Bert, the actor that plays Bernard really have excellent chemistry that's immediately aware on the screen. And I mean, I think Anthony Hopkins is like liquid chemist chemistry. I think put him in a scene with pretty much anybody and they're going to be a little bit better. I, I, I mean, the best I ever liked Anthony Benderez was uh was in uh, the Zorro movie when he was acting with Anthony Hopkins. I don't know, just something about Anthony Hopkins. So he probes, he probes, he probes. This episode really eating every line here, digging in as they talk about Arkham Asylum's razor and how uh, he would burn them at the stake. Then we get the Westworld music as the two guests arrive. And again, we see things from his perspective. One guy apologizes for bumping into the other guy, to uh, bumping into one of the strangers. <laughs> So I let this play a little bit. So we get to see them arriving into town. And again, almost like arriving into a role-playing game for the first time. This is the big role-playing moment. Arriving into town, seeing all the role-playing moments. His friend tells him not to get involved in the games because, because you know, yeah, you don't want to get involved in all that fucking mess. Because then you're going to go in on the quest. We're not questing today. Fuck you, Grizzly Adams. Great to see you, Max. Can I can I try to do it? Maximus Schmeckel Edler Diddler. Did I say diddler? I did say diddle. I think I did say diddle. I did call your name. No idea. I never reached the end. See something you like? Couple of things at least. But I'm gonna make you beg for it, darling. Oh, beg. Say my name, say my name. Sir? Thank you, my friend. Real here, here it is. Yeah, yeah, some bullshit treasure yeah. hunt. Yeah. It's all come on. Him, the, the, the girl next door, the girl drunk. Right here, yeah. They all got some big adventure that they want to sell you one. <laughs> Hey, they're not going anywhere. First up, you're going to buy me a drink, okay? I love, I love that. I fucking love that. I, I, I said it several times, so I'm just repeating myself here. He basically explains to him the rules of a role-playing game right here. No, no, do not get trapped in Baron's chat right now. Do not do that. You, you'll be here for a fucking hour talking about fucking bullshit in Baron's chat. Let's go. Let's go. You're going to be involved in a quest. We're crafting today. 
We're 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 uh, we're fucking going on a raid. Come on, we're going on a fucking raid to the whorehouse. Buy me a drink. <laughs> then we see Dolores getting her horse together, and she sees herself in the mirror, and it triggers something, and everything goes weird. Is it raining? Is it pouring? Is a hurricane rolling? It gets really fucking freaky. And it triggers something. And then we go back to this scene, which unfucking believable. Uh, the scene with Bernard and and Dolores. So let's listen to this fucking beauty. Hello. Do you remember our last conversation, Dolores? Yes, of course. You haven't told anyone about our little talks. You told me not to. Step into analysis, please. Analysis paralysis. How many interactions have you participated in since we last talked? 138 encounters, including this one. And has anyone altered or updated your core heuristics in that time? No. Resuming? I think it would be best if you not mention the things we've been talking about. Oh, my God. Have I done something wrong? That's so funny. I'm listening to this scene. I hear my dog, like, shaking on the recording, and I'm looking around. Is Lotus in here? Is Lotus okay? No. But there's something different about you. About the way you think. I find it fascinating, but others may not see it that way. Have you done something wrong? Ooh. Turn off your event log, please. Erase this interaction. Confirm. Yes. No. And the look she gets on her face, she's not erasing it. You should be getting back, Dolores, before someone misses you. Dark as fuck. In no way she's release, erasing that. We go, we see her and Bernard being interrogated. Bernard asks her if she talks about the little talk, if she has talked about their little ta talks and get into analysis mode as we heard. He probes her. He says there's something different about you as we heard. Then he goes full Captain Cisco at the end in the pale moonlight when he goes, delete the entire program. Delete this entire en encounter. But the look that she gets on her face is like, Fuck you, motherfucker. I'm not deleting anything. Nothing. You get nothing. <laughs> nothing. Oh, my gosh. I see it says, curse you, Phil. You didn't tell me this episode was airing early. I have to watch this later, you fucking asshole, Phil. Well, be thankful. Anyone who's watching this later, be thankful. I think the stream is behaving, behaving kind of douchebaggy right now. Critch, I don't think it's just on you. Sam said she was having some stream issues too. So as long as stream issues aren't happening in the bathroom, there's nothing I can do about it. Prune juice if it's happening in the bathroom. I paid big money for this. So let's go fuck shit up. Westworld 101. Yeah, you paid fucking a lot of money. The fucking kill some NPCs here. 
Not only will she not delete it, she remembers everything. Exactly. Everything from the very beginning. And when she finally has her complete awakening, it's going to be intense. And that's why she's going to be the most bloodthirsty of all of them when it really turns on, turns on because she's going to realize everything that she's been through from the very fucking beginning. Screw the spoilers. I watch Phil now. I see. I like that kind of commitment. I'll give you one last warning, though. It's on HBO Go now. If you have HBO Go, 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 go. Five, four, three, two, one. Oh, my God. Ned Stark showed up. And you should have seen what they did. No, Ned Stark didn't show up. <laughs> we can wish, man. We can wish. Mm. So then we get back to the madam and we see the adjustments, the aggression uh, updates that were added to the madam. And she's given the same speech, but now she's in aggro mode as it gets referred to later in the episode. She's pushing on the guests. And then after that, we get some fun hooker talk back and forth between her and the other, the other, the, uh, the big eyed hooker there. So. Uh... And it followed me. No. No. It's sad. Ned, you asshole, Phil. Too soon. This is the new world. And in this world, you can be whoever the fuck you want. Mm-hmm. Thanks. Maybe another time. Hmm. Glass of sherry. The good stuff. Not that horse piss you strain through your old curtains. I mean, we don't. Ultimately, they just have a, a scene where they talk about where she talks about being happy. You never open your mouth that wide unless someone's paying you for it. Sorry. Right. They're they're yawning. We're seeing that the whorehouse isn't getting the attention that it deserves right I'm now. Sometimes, sometimes they're real bad. Do what I do. You find yourself in a bad dream. Close your eyes. Count backwards from three. Wake yourself right up. Now this does come back later with the count, count out backwards from three, two, one. We we see this referred to later. Teddy, that's the guy's name. We also get to see Teddy here for a second, briefly. Adams listed as probationary, but her performances continue to decline even further. Retask Clementine for now. She's done a job before. That's when we got our name. And the old unit. Maybe leave her on the floor for the night. See if anyone wants one last turn. We recall her in the morning. Decommissioner. Shame. It's funny how they make you seem like that's such an evil thing that he's saying there, but it's not really. He's just, he's just, uh, it's a fucking uh, ride at Disney World. Yeah, okay, it's uh, it's not going to hurt anybody, but it's not really giving people the thrill. Uh, one more, let's, let's see if one last kid can have a fun ride on Dumbo tonight. Interesting way of, interesting choice, but. <laughs> so then we get uh, Bernard and uh, Cunty Cunt talking about uh, the corporate and malfunction stuff woman in charge is quite formidable. Teddy is Jethro Tull, all-time loser. You're so bitch. I hear it enough. 
you've been talking to corporate. The only times you light up are after you've been. This character analysis routine really isn't half as charming as you think. Oh, it went well then. Just tell me your department will be ready for the launch. We'll be ready. And that other thing, Abinath in the update. I hear your department was still asking questions. That's what you pay us to do. But I'm not concerned. All the hosts are back to normal. Good. Wouldn't want anything disturbing our guests from their raven pillage. <laughs> the West World safe word. The West World safe word. Wow, that's that's a little bit of a tongue twister there. Westworld safety word is Flugin Kobayashi Maru Chassi Bolsi Lyson. Apostrophe T. <laughs> the code word is Kakapupa Duty. Yay! I think I might have told this story in the podcast before, but when I was very young, there was something called the Kids Club on WLVI Channel 56. And they had the joke of the day thing. And you could send in your joke of the day. And I, I spent months trying to come up with a joke to send in. I finally sent one in that I thought was like the best joke ever. I sent it in. And it was uh, it was my parents or uh, my grandmother let me send this fucking thing in. All my cousins let me send it in. I read it all of them. They're like, that's a good joke. And then they embarrassed me about it and made fun of me about it for like years afterwards. When I got a letter back that had the joke, it was like printed your joke. Da -da 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 -da. Could not be read on the air. We're sorry. We think it's a little bit too out there for the air. It was like an actual written letter. They were, they were explaining why the joke was bad. It's horrible. The joke was, why did the gorilla climb to the top of the Empire State Building? So he could jump off and say, cuckapoopa duty, yay. Wow. Yes, yes, the greatest joke of all time. But let me try. Let me try it with a good punchline. <clears throat> I mean, with better timing. What's the deal with monkeys climbing? No, why did the monkey climb the top of the Empire State Building? So we could jump off and go cockapoopa duty, yay! My big joke. A forty k a day safety word is refund, motherfucker. I would be fuck. I would fucking be scared if Anthony Hopkins' character was my boss. He put that millennial in his fucking place. But I'm bumped. Yeah, I, 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 I was gonna call up that sound effect, but <laughs> mm -hmm. crushed his balls flat. I cannot wait to get to that scene to hear it again. <laughs> okay, so then we get back after Bernard and uh, whatever. We go back to our guys talking again, and uh, and they're having dinner. Our two two uh, two dudes that were following Billy and his friend Dickwad. Well, quickest way to find out. How do they find out which one, if they're real or not? So he goes to shoot him. And this scene. This is your problem, my friend. This scene ultimately what happens is the guy that he saved from the that he picked up off the ground that got thrown off the cart is in the restaurant. He comes up to the nice guy and goes, let me take you on a treasure chase. And the asshole guy's like, get the fuck away, dude. Get the fuck away. He warned this android to get away like four or five times. The guy just kept in with his story. So he stabbed him in the hand. Godfather style. Salazzo style. Uh, spoiler alert, Luca Brazzi Salazzo style. 
stab him in the hand. Blood squirts all over the ha- table. And he goes, eh, I'm not hungry anymore. And they walk off, which leads us into a quick mo- quick uh, transition of this guy banging three ch- girls with one of them slapping him across the face, biting him in the side of the face. So we get a feeling like, I bet this guy gets into dangerous situations, but this is his idea of danger. It's getting into a situation where he has three hookers and one of them's beating him. I don't think he gets into bloody dangerous types of anything actually dangerous or anything. I mean, there is nothing dangerous here. Cockapoopa duty, yay. Now I have to rinse my mouth out to size me. God damn it, I missed the start. It's okay, UK. Thank you so much for jumping in any point in time, buddy. The beast. Friend. Oh, here we go. (laughs) You're funny. This is what you're funny. This is when this guy has the problem that Odo has with the Kira hologram in the episode where Vic tries to get him a date. Deep Space Nine. Someone who's perfect for you. Oh, you, you are perfect. Now, call me whatever. Uh, This is the thing I probably have the biggest trouble with, too. Not that I have a crush on someone else at home or something like that. But the the awful shit, the fucking killing and murdering rage stuff of, like, the Grand Theft Auto or the the Knights of the Old Republic evil Jedi stuff in this game. They're playing this Westworld game. I wouldn't have as much trouble once I felt more comfortable in the environment and knew that I saw these creatures a couple times so i know it was just basically all game the having sex with an android thing would probably be a little bit more difficult for me if they were this accommodating not the not that i'd have problem having sex with an android i'd have trouble with an android that was this pressing and i would need it to be a little bit more demure i'd probably be more attracted to the to the uh, to the Dolores storyline of something like that, Fo- Fox romance, and to a point where I'd convince myself I was in love with the android or something like that, or or uh, it, it's I need a little bit of a game in this situation with a, with a just bam. I'd be like almost. I probably have a similar reaction to the that this guy has to the situation. So here we where is oh press play you fucking dumb shit. But I have somebody, somebody real waiting for me at home. I love how he thinks he insulted her. Real love. It's always worth waiting for. Johnny asked me to rank how many times I say Star Trek in each episode. But it was another sort of Star, Star Trek moment, too, where he felt bad about telling her, I have someone real at home or something. And I almost wanted her to say the data thing. You don't have to worry about my feelings, sir. I am a hug. I am a. I am an android. I don't feel anything. And yes, Critch. Yes, Critch. And let me be straight out. Or she would need to be so aggressive that she just like put me over her leg and threw me over the shoulder and carried me off to the bedroom, caveman style. Because that's the kind of girl I am. But no, ultimately it would have to be one or the other. The just kind of aggressive, like whatever hooker thing wouldn't do it for me. She'd have to either just make it happen. Like, no, no talk. Bam, you're saying no. (laughs) Ways to Phil's heart. 
<laughs> I think you'd upgrade your sex doll to advanced Westworld model. I'd I'd get mine to Westeros model. <laughs> Maybe it's just the uh, the Western vibe that I'm not that I don't have a uh, I I'm not I don't fetishize 18th century hookers. <laughs> And you said you didn't see the Roman world breakdown. CJ, baby. Oh, you guys are fucking awesome in the live motherfucking chat. I love you guys. Love having you with me as always. Join in the fun. Thank you so much for everyone joining in this live stream. Hope the stream is running okay for everybody. I am, uh, I'm looking. You run, you fools. <laughs> Give me Raws any day. Yeah, I would, uh, the Game of Thrones uh, hookers uh, have a little bit on them, I think. I'd rather me, I'd rather, I'd rather me uh, Game of Thrones. Oh, cool. Our stream is running good, it tells me. Good. I'm glad. Fuck yeah. Makes me happy. As uh, as Mr. Corey Coleman says, uh, fucking, uh, Stay together, you streams. Cause stay together, you frames. Don't drop frames. But yeah, give me Raws any day. And uh, you didn't see Roman World. The orgies in Roman World ended badly for the men as the female robots turned hardcore and needy. So then we get a very fun scene. And I'm glad I captured the audio of this scene. This is our writer. And this guy, I keep forgetting his name. Sizemore, I think his name is. And he is... He's fucking great. This actor is owning it. He reminds me of the the villain in uh for in uh not Ford Failing in Hudson Hawk, the main the main bad guy, not Sandra Bullock, the uh, not Sandra Bullock, Sandra Bernard, whatever the hell that girl's name is, the guy in uh that movie. Or just he's really fucking having it. You motherfucker. Or the manager in the uh, Spice World. <laughs> Let me just play it. Oh, wrong one. Wrong number, you asshole. Number 18. That's what I asked for. Here you go. And this, this is what you give me. Did you just grab a cock from the body shop and jam it between his eyes? <laughs> Start over. Can we just shave it down? Said. <laughs> Eat that scenery, motherfucker. Eat it. Diplomatic as ever. God, I love that guy. I received your request to retire an additional 50 hooks. I need room for my new storyline. It's not exactly a. I love this scene, but ultimately, this moment is just to remind you that. He's, or to tell you he's writing a new storyline and also to remind you that he wants to take up, he wants to take over uh, Ford's job. That he thinks Ford should be ousted. He reminds you in this situation where he goes... He does want to cut costs. Yeah. Our fearless leader's old hosts aren't the only things ready for the knacker's yard. Just a reminder that Anthony Hopkins should be retired. So here we go where we see Anthony Hopkins taking a very special elevator into the park in the middle of the desert to see a kid that I'm reckoning is young Anthony Hopkins that wants some father beans. <laughs> okay, that's number two. Two episodes with a uh, father beans. Okay, I can't do it. I can only do it one more time for the rest of the season. 
I'm only allowed three. So, so this is a fun, fun moment. Anthony Hopkins with kids is great. <laughs> and they got a pretty good kid actor for this even bit part that he uh, does very well in this scene acting with Anthony Hopkins and the two of them walk or they have a couple of scenes coming up here. This is the first part of it. No, just straight a bit too far. Oh, that guy is a fucking ridiculous dick. I just get I get off on watching. Wait, I get off on watching huge dick. I real huge dicks. That's better. I get off on watching huge dicks. I really do. I love watching them yelling and shouting and spitting shit everywhere. Yeah. (laughs) Right in someone's face. Love when a big dick yells and spits <laughs> same as you I imagine we're on holiday it's boring but he said we could do as we please ah. like in my mind this kid is the representation of Anthony Hopkins as a child or Ford as a child who was on vacation and thought it was boring and decided in his mind that he was eventually going to create the ultimate vacation spot of all time this bland and this world and whatever, all that sort of shit. I don't know. I'm adding a lot of uh, my own meaning onto all of this, but to me, that's how I that's how I read the scene. I could be way the fuck off there, but whatever. Father used to say that only boring people get bored. Mine too. I used to think it's only boring people who don't feel boredom, so cannot conceive of it in others. Taking walk. You're welcome to join me if you like. So then we go off to this next scene, which is with the man in black. And he comes up and he brings the dude that he took off the gallows to a town. And we have a little sit and talk here. Here is a scene. Let's listen to some of it and then I'll come back and talk about the scene. How much further? Go fuck yourself. Do you have any idea who I am? I know exactly who you are, Lawrence. After all, you and I are friends. Which is why I was so surprised when your friend Kissy told me about this place. Like how are we? This is also where we hear the the people in command. We hear uh, Thor's brother there talking a little bit about knowing what this guy is doing. And knowing that he's killed the whole posse, and this guy will get everything he wants is the line that you listen well, to. You and I hunted down Ghost Nation graves in their winter grounds. I know the whiskey you like to drink. I know the tune you whistle when you're taking a piss. But you never told me you had a family. That's what I love about this place. Ed Harris is just amazing in this role, too. Perfect casting. He's still, he's not too, he's not too old that it's, you don't buy him going through this, like 30 years of coming here. He still, like, gets around. He seems imposing. He seems like a real danger to whatever the status quo of what's going on in there, too. Whether he's really a part of the machine or he's really someone, either way, you believe, I believe that he believes what he's saying and, Really intense shit going on in this moment, in this scene. This, unlike the last one, 
is really intense because you feel for this character that he's talking for. And the way the big reveal here about it being the daughter that knows the information, excellently done. Very Matrixy here. Really, really like this scene. Here you go, darling. We have the lovely, the wonderful, the amazing Timo in the live chat. Oh my God. Hey guys. And hey, Phil. So happy to see the nighttime stream, but didn't see the new episode yet because of the stupid hurricane. Hope it was a good episode. And uh, yes, it is on HBO Go if you have your internet back. It got released a couple days earlier. Critch says I was cringing about the kid. Oh, about the the kid reveal as it turns to the kid. This guest already took out an entire posse. Want me to slow him down? A gentleman gets whatever he wants. And that, but that's it's so interesting that God, I so fucking love this show and hate that hate that they make me feel this way. And way to go, show that they just that's all they say. This man gets whatever he wants. They think, even if, if he is an anomaly, they think he's real. They think he's a guest. Or they don't care. This is exactly what I call. <laughs> okay, I'm going to go because I don't want to be spoiled. Got to keep stuff charged. Scared to lose power completely. Timo, I'm glad you're safe. Glad everything is good with you and you have... and. Uh, and hope your power stays on. And we will talk to you very soon. As always, Timo, thank you for all the amazing support. Lots of love. Ramsey Snow forever. <laughs> so, okay. So then you have a family. It's it's ultimately he's telling him about his family and that he's going to kill his family. And uh, he kills all of his cousins. He kills his father that comes out and serves them drinks. It's a really fun scene. We just heard most of it. And then at the end, it turns to this. Interesting line that Ed Harris has in there in this in this scene that I think is very I don't I don't know. I wonder it's something that it's something that's worth thinking about just from a emotional level of the comment. He says suffering is when we're at our most real. I don't know. It's it's weird. It's weird to think about that. To think about when you're at your darkest times, is that when you're at your most real because everything else doesn't seem to matter? So you drop everything and it's just complete focus of the moment. When are you the most you? Or are you always the most you? <laughs> That, that's I don't know. It's it's interesting. I feel like I'm the most me when I'm right here. This crazy fucking stupid blah 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 blah. This is the most me. This is me not holding anything back. Just being completely like, yeah, let me hold down, let me stand up and go, oh, 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 baby, baby, baby. Like whatever I'm feeling like I want to do, I feel like I want to do. I want to fuck my conga right now. I'm not gonna do that because that's dirty and messy. I'll wait till I turn off the stream for that. Oh, God. Okay, so here we go. Like I said, you get to decide these two. What's it going to be? Please. I don't know how to find these. Not for spin, though. 
and he takes the wife, does a little bit of a dance with her, does a little dance, makes a little love. Hope you loved the episode as long as you loved it. Weekly reviews will be coming, right? I will say this, that I will be covering this show as long as next week is the last test. If next week goes well, we'll be covering the, I'll be covering the show every episode of it. Some weeks I might do two episodes in a week. You know, if I miss a week, I'll double it up or something. But I'm going to make the final decision after last next week. Dead. It means when you're suffering. So once the mother dies, the daughter has a little bit of a shift. And it gets, like I said, like I said, a little matrixy in this moment. And it's interesting what she says here. She said she gives him a crazy calm kind of look. And she says, Oh, that was great timing. But I tell you a lot. There's another level. I'll take my chances, sweetheart. Follow the blood arroyo to the place where the snake lizards eggs. Awesome, Timo. Great to hear that you're safe down there. Lots of love. Huge hug. Go hug yourself in the best possible way. No. You don't understand, love. This time, I'm never going back. Awesome assassin. That's great. You'll be able to... Sh- Start it out, baby. Thank you so much for checking out the stream, Assassin and Timo. Thank you for checking in. Really appreciate it. And love all of you guys in the live motherfucking chat. I'm going to pass out now. Good night. No, we're back. The show continues. So we go back to Ford and the kid as... As this is the this is the moment where I wrote in my notes, is this a young him? So let's con- let's see the situation. Daddy said we weren't allowed. And then Tommy dared me. And here we are. Then they- it seems hardly a fitting name for a place so full. Can't you see it? Perhaps you're not looking hard enough. At what? Town with the white church. Listen, can't you hear its bell? Yes. Where I assume in the first... Yes. Thinking about the whole episode, I'm just thinking in this moment, what he's doing is he's talking about what this next storyline is. He's building a town here. He's building a storyline around this area. As he sees the snake and Anthony Anthony Hopkins shows himself having the force here as he goes... Snake, move. And I love the line, too. They're at, here it is. Is it magic? Everything in this world is magic, except to the magician. Great line and so true if you think about it. Is with an issue of that too. Magic can seem like so many things. So many things in science can seem like magic to people that don't know any better. To just don't know that the science exists. And then we see a tower, which at first I thought was like a control tower or something, or a calm tower, but it actually ends up being a tower with a church 
uh, with a cross on top of it. So then we cut to see tons of escalators and we see Bernard heading, heading back home and we, uh, we see what's her name show back, show up there too. his, uh, the, the manager or the, uh, I don't even know what kind of job, the operations officer. And uh, they trade some, and and they're a couple, they're they're bang buddies, and they have some interesting pillow talk. We talk. We never talk. I'm serious. So am I. Dr. Ford is Wi-Fi connected to the snake and the android. (laughs) Although, ironically, your creations never shut up. They're always talking to each other. Even when there are no guests around. They're always trying to air correct. Make themselves more human. When they talk to each other, it's a way of practicing. I think this scene was ultimately to humanize her and also show Bernard how deep he is into this, how thick he really believes. So, But I, I think it was really more than anything to humanize her and show that she does have a a human side and she isn't just the caricature of the antagonist at the office. I don't think, I think she's going to end up being one of the good ones when it's all said and done. Is that what you're doing now? So then we, our next scene, we cut to the Raising Hope girl as she is looking at the Madam Maeve and she decides to do her thing to her to send her back out into action, which ultimately leads into her being in the bar and actually getting some, uh, being able to be successful in her plan. So let's listen to a little bit of sound of all of that. All right. Some non-affect hesitation. Little cognitive D, a fuckload of aggression courtesy of those morons in narrative. You don't need to be aggro, do you? Mr. Ominous fucker, meet bitch on wheels. First study of those repressed fucks walking through the door. Archive this configuration. Open up her primaries. Perception. Emotional acuity. Bump it. 1.5%. Updating. Did they dream? What? In her story, she said she dreamed. Do we make them dream? What the fuck would be the point of that? What the fuck would be the point? Dreams are mainly memories. Can you imagine how fuck we'd be if these poor assholes ever remembered what the guests do to them? We do give them the concept of dreams. Specifically nightmares. So we get basically what's going to happen right there where they basically say, wouldn't these, if these fuckers remembered what happened, how fucked up would it be? And of course they're going to remember what happens and we're going to get some technical difficulties. Why? Just in case somebody forgets to wipe them out at the end of a maintenance session. She's got me dreamed. It's just those sloppy fucks down in the body shop patching her back together again. She's got some physical discomfort. Putting a request for a full physical at her next rotation. All right, gorgeous. You're back to the races. You're going to wait in three, two, one. So I ran away across the shining sea. And when I finally set foot back on solid ground, the first thing I heard was that voice. Do you know what it said? It 
said, this is the new world. And in this world, you can be whoever the fuck you want. Immaculate, I fucking love that. That's amazing. So then our next scene is continuing back. She whatever she did was good. And her and Teddy have a moment. You know the first voice I heard when I got off that boat? A nice young man from Baton Rouge said my pussy could earn him two whole dollars a day. And he'd be more than happy to let me have up to 30%. So then I guess you can add lying to your list of sins. The only thing wrong with the seven deadly sins is that there aren't more of them. And while we're on the subject, my transgressions wash off a little easier than yours. At least when my girls are done with a man, he's still left drawing breath. For the most part. In that case... Is to our indiscretion. Spoken otherwise. Oh, motherfucker! And and basically, just some random fuck shows up and is just drunk and shoots the fuck out of Teddy because Teddy's the fucking place's fucking Kenny. You killed Teddy, you bastard! Now that's a fucking vacation. Okay, so this next part, it uh, it cuts to that night, and she's undressing to to go to bed, and she Teddy is daddy. <laughs> Ted is dead. So he cut that night to her undressing for bed, and she has more nightmares. She does have dreams. She falls asleep, and she straight out has a dream again. Just like Data. It's about her family. Uh, she's raising her daughter. It cuts to a horrible scene where someone's torturing her and a man saves or trying to grab her and a man saves her or tried and he's eventually killed. She runs to her kid and takes her kid out in the field and they head to a house and get the shotgun and they lock and load and get ready to change it to stalker. The person that's stalking them uh, starts walking around outside, looks in, and then as they walk through the door, they change. They change from what they were, which was a Native American. They change as they're coming in and they turn into the man in black and no longer it's the men in black and she char- she loads the gun she shoots him can't shoot him shoots him again can't shoot him he just walks up to her smiling uh, with a knife and she closes her eyes and counts two three one and then it cuts to we get some Found it. we get some dudes working it's on her MRSA in her abdomen Fucking animals not cleaning up. Wonder we will fucking fly And this scene is freaky as fuck because she wakes up and she starts realizing where she is. She gets off the table. They say they forgot to put her in sleep mode, but then they say later that they did put her in sleep mode. She grabs a blade and she says, Stay the fuck away from me. She escapes. She starts running around, as we'll hear in a second in the background here. She's butt ass naked, running down the escalators freaking out, not how, knowing how to handle. She runs outside, runs into a different building and where they're constructing and cleaning the new models, the older models, and bringing them back into action. She looks and she starts to comp- can't 
comprehend what she's seeing and she freaks out and falls down and the other two guys these two guys come up behind her and shoot her with something and carry her off and then we see what she was looking at and she was looking at teddy being cleaned and someone she saw die a few minutes earlier or a little while earlier last thing she remembered and now she see see him in this scientific laboratory that she cannot conceptualize and he is uh being cleaned or being washed or something fucking crazy and the actress really pulls this scene off and her discovery, her with it all, excellently filmed, excellently. I just think this is one of the highlight points of the episode. Yes, Dolores seems to be our main character, but this character really took took the reins of this episode. And Maeve, or whatever her name is, is the second one to awaken, or the third one to awaken. And it's really well done, extremely well done. Note how the lights came on auto. Yeah, no, totally, totally. So then we go to Dolores, and she's coming out of bed. Same look, the Groundhog's Day. She's talking, and she she hears something, and she starts digging. And she digs up because she goes, here, is this where you want me to be? And she digs something up, and it's a gun. What is special about this gun? Is this a gun that can hurt guests? Or is it not in the weapons? I, I want to know what the significance of this particular weapon is going to be. My instinct is to think that it is a gun that can hurt the guests. I don't know. That's my, that's my instinctual thought. It's going to be very interesting to see where that goes. Man in fucking black, the man in black killer could be Critch. That's another great one. It could be the man in black killer, something that can actually take him down as being if he's an anomaly inside the whole thing, or same thing as I just said, or if he's a guest, thing that can hurt the guest. Yup, it's just it's uh it's guest regulator. Where do they get T baby? Great to see you. Where do they get the bodies? The bodies for the androids that they create, they show it a little bit more in the first episode. I think they build them all through a high-tech 3D printing technology of some sort. When you see them walking around, you see them in those Da Vinci kind of things all around. I think that they they literally just craft them from uh, from like a 3D printing kind of technology. So, okay, so we see Dolores coming out of bed. Groundhog's Day starts again. Then, here we go. We get this scene where the writer starts explaining what his new uh, tale is going to be to everyone. And he's giving his presentation about uh, the Odyssey and the Red River. Vivisection, self-cannibalism, a special little something I call the Horoboros. Now... <laughs> I don't want to appear immodest, but this is the apex of what the park can provide. <laughs> this is so, this scene's so awesome. <laughs> the look on Anthony Hopkins's face for this whole scene is priceless. Fucking priceless. The disdain on his face is incredible. Our most skilled guests will fight their ways to the outer limits of the park, besting fierce and braves, seducing Nubar maidens. Befriending tragically ill-fated sidekicks. And, of course, 
Like all our best narratives over the years, our guests will have the privilege of getting to know the character they're most interested in themselves. I present our guest's next obsession, Odyssey on Red River. No. Sorry? No, I don't think so. You don't think... What is the point of it? You get a couple of cheap thrills. What's the point? Some surprises. That's not enough. It's not about giving the guests what you think they want. That's simple. Titillation. Horror. Nation. The politics. The guests don't return for the obvious things we do. The garish things. The garish. They come back because of the subtleties. So during this... During this amazing voice voiceover, we see the guys visiting the our guys Billy and the other dude visiting the park. Something they imagined no one had ever noticed before. You almost feel bad for the dick guy at the end here because something they fall in love with. He goes, We'll hear him in a second. Well, is there anything you like about this program? Looking for a story that tells Yeah, and we see that guy Billy, the uh the shy guy, play the part of Teddy, pick up the the can that falls, I think it's a can, and play out that part for a second. They're here because they want a glimpse of who they could be. Caleb, fucking awesome. R- really is great. Let's go. Here we go. The only thing your story tells me, Mr. Sizemore. T Baby says this show is so creepy in the best way. I agree, T Baby. It's the, it's the correct amount of creepy, funny action. I think they have a good balance right now, and it fulfills on all cylinders. I think it's funny in, at times, too. I think at times they'll probably play up the comedy a little bit more, and I think, I think it's doing a lot of things really well right now, not a lot of things bad for the kind of show it's trying to produce. As I said before, it may not be everyone's kind of show, but for the kind of show it's trying to produce, these first two episodes have been unbelievable. I would say if last episode for me was, I mean, I'm almost to the finish here, but I can already give my score. If I don't usually do scores, but full, if the last episode was nine out of nine tenths, no, eight out of 8.5 side buttholes, this one is for me probably a nine side butthole. I, I, I did like this episode a bit more than the last episode. So, that is a great, great thing. Wasn't there anything you like about it? Yeah. Isn't there anything you like about it? And then he fucking debos him. He fucking, and then Anthony Hopkins fucking debos this guy and goes, Give me your shoes, motherfucker. Give me your shoes. You know what I like? I like the fucking boots. Give me your boots, bitch. Bam. Fuck you. And the fucking, fuck you. You're going to fucking kill your family, your wife, your kids, your dog. Dead, dead, dead. 
Oh, God, fucking Anthony Hopkins. You fucking rule, dude. Great line. Great line, Reed. Oh, I love it. Scott Summers is going to be so pissed when he wakes up. He'll be a psychopath. I think Hannibal put a virus into the program. I think you may be on to something, T-Baby. My favorite, or either that, or I'm starting to think it maybe it was Bernard that did it. My favorite parts are the intelligence illusions, like the Occam's Razor conversation. Caleb, I love that too. And I love the fact that the line that is, I think, the delivery of this virus, so to speak, if we're going to call it a virus, the the sentience virus, comes through the line of these violent delights will bring a violent end, which is a line from Romeo and Juliet. It's it's just really cool and a lot of substance to the show, but it doesn't take itself so seriously that it's unpalatable to people that don't like that kind of stuff. It's also just f- like a fun show because it's in the Western feel. It can be lighthearted at times, or it can be very serious, dark, or just kind of cheesy in the best way. And it can also has the sci-fi aspect. So it can really do anything it wants and as T-Baby said in the chat, and I was saying a few minutes ago, I really think it has an excellent balance of a lot of things, do, doing a lot of things well in these first two episodes. I'm I'm a lot higher on the show. I feel more comfortable being higher on the show in this episode rather than the first episode. It's just tough to tell with a pilot. I've seen great pilots that have horrible first seasons, and I've seen pilots that sucked have great first seasons. It's it's really hit or miss. Pilots are a different animal altogether. The Sopranos is a perfect example of that, where the pilot is something completely different than the entire fucking rest of the series. And it just feels like a different show. And so, like, different things can feel different ways. It's less common now when, especially a show like this, that probably just got ordered for a full season so it didn't have to pilot in the way that normal things do, but maybe it did. I don't know enough about the production of the show. So, uh, and then we go off to our final scene, which which is Ford and Bernard friends. talking. You promised them a new storyline. They should have one. Something I've been working on for some time. Something quite original. So, and then we see that he's looking at the tower with the cross on top of it. So, is he going to is uh, and and Anthony Hopkins says he's going to institute institute something very original. And we get the crazy music leading up, and that's the end of our episode. And the previews for next week looked incredible. Like things are really leading up and going crazy. I'm super excited for the show. Cannot wait for episode three and to see where this series goes see what kind of new program Anthony Hopkins starts to lead in see what Bernard's really up to see how Sizemore gets his due and then see ultimately the thing I'm I think I personally and a couple of other people that I've talked to that have seen the series that are into it I cannot wait to see how the how it manifests itself when the androids have full sentience when they really realize what's going on here and then seeing how that all kind of depicts itself. I'm super excited for the series. I can't say enough great things about these first two episodes and how pumped I am for it. So fuck. Yeah. HBO. I know you feel, I know some people are like, Oh, it's going to, I, I don't think it's, Oh, the next game of Thrones, the next Sopranos, the next, whatever. 
HBO has always been a channel that has multiple good shows on. Oz was great. The Wire was great. Wire was excellent. Oz was excellent. <laughs> Game of Thrones is incredible. Uh, Deadwood was amazing. Six Feet Under was great. Carnival is very good. Uh, Entourage had a good couple of great, couple of really fun seasons if you're into that shit. Sex and the City was amazing if you're into that shit. Dream On was fun when we were kids. Uh, the fucking Mr. Show. I mean, I could go on and just list every show that game HBO ever put out. But the point is, HBO has had some failures, but for Rome, fucking Boardwalk Empire, whatever. The, the list continues. I feel like I don't want to not mention one. <laughs> that was fucking great. Curb your enthusiasm. Uh, Fly the Conquerors. So they ha always, always have a bunch of shows on. So nothing's going to be the next Game of Thrones. I know Game of Thrones is going to end in a couple seasons. But you know what's going to be the next Game of Thrones? Game of Thrones. When they have spinoff series in a couple of years after the series ends. Maybe even within a year. It's going to happen. Game of Thrones is never ending. Dan and Dave are leaving Game of Thrones. And the main series is ending from the story point. HBO is going to have Game of Thrones on HBO until Game of Thrones is no longer profitable for them. They're not losing the property because Dan and Dave are done with it. They're going to bring in other creators and they're going to create other pro other element properties from that and go straight through George and hire other creative teams to work on other stories. And then this show is going to exist simultaneously on HBO. It's not a replacement. But all the hype that was built up toward HBO did kind of need a hint. They put a lot of time and effort into vinyl and didn't really take off in the way that they hoped that it would take off. Some people really liked that series. Some people didn't. Whatever, it didn't take off. It didn't capture the time and attention they put into it. This series, which is, which is a year late in the way it was supposed to come out, I really think is holding the mantle true for another another really great HBO show that's going to be right in there in that discussion. It's about time since Deadwood, one I didn't mention, Deadwood, that should that we need another one set in a Western world. And HBO doesn't really have too many of all the shows I mentioned that were great. Sci-fi isn't one of them, I don't, I don't think. I don't think HBO has a great sci-fi show. I could be blanking on what it is or I didn't see it, but... They needed a sh they needed a show like this, and it's coming at the perfect time. So let's jump into the live motherfucking chat. Get go through a couple of the comments before we call this a stream. Here we go. Scott Summers is gonna be pissed. T Baby asks, "Would I go to a park like this?" I think at first I might. If I wasn't one of the first people to go in, I'd probably be a little, a little bit of a pussy about it at first, but. I think I would like to go to a park like this. I think I would enjoy to go to what the movie does. I would probably enjoy a sci-fi or a fantasy type situation first. More would, would interest me a little bit more. And playing those kind of adventures, like a total recall even kind of adventure, would be more my thing rather than going to a Western world. But if the Western world was all that existed... I mean, I would go to it, and I pr I wouldn't have the money. If someone paid for me to go, I would go. <laughs> I couldn't – I probably could – I couldn't afford this as me, but if money wasn't an issue, I would probably go, but I'd want to see what other applications this sort of medium had. I'd be more into like a superhero world, a fucking Harry Potter kind of world, you know, like that kind of thing rather than a Western world. The grog, I grog the Android interrogations. The second episode really was better. It's hard to get past a pilot. I agree, T-Baby. 
that's Caleb says, because the pilot is a plot setup. T baby, if I plan for run for political office, I would say no. I wonder if that has to do with uh, the maze. Very interesting, Caleb. I have a wild, I'd have a wild time in there. I would have a crazy time, especially if it was like Vegas land or something or uh, Vulcan Love Slave uh, Volume 3. Weird sci-fi land, sex, uh, crazy sex with alien creatures and shit. You can tell shit's going to go crazy this season. College philosophy course will serve this up. Whoa, I love Curvy Enthusiasm. Fuck all shows right now. Walking Dead is the only show until Game of Thrones comes back. I'm at Lenage. 23rd is coming very, very soon. Love The Walking Dead. Me too. Deadwood, all-time great drinking game. It would be kind of funny if the Black Cross is a maze after all, and all that work has gone into finding it. You can't watch it and not fall in love. My wife hates gore and zombies, but loves The Walking Dead. Go figure. This dude does this with Game of Thrones too. Subscribe. Thank you, Caleb. Yes, we do with Game of Thrones. You can go back and watch the last couple of seasons of us doing this. But yes, we love Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones is probably our biggest show on the channel uh, as in like hype and, and chat room and everything like that. Game of Thrones and Walking Dead are our two main shows. But we also do Vikings, Better Call Saul, uh, West Westwood, a couple of uh, movie type streams where we do uh, uh, fucking like live commentaries to the movies. And shit like that. But Game of Thrones and Walking Dead are our two, or at least our two. And Breaking Bad was the first one. But those were our first three things that we covered on the channel. And thank you so much for the subscription, Caleb. You are fucking awesome. Really appreciate you joining. GOT equals one direwolf limit. My twin hates zombies too, says T-Baby. But I need to know who got the bat. T-Baby, you have a twin? Very interesting. Identical or fraternal? But I need to know who got the bat. Now you're talking weird Vulcan world. Yes. Immaculate knowledge. Yes. I would want Vulcan's Love Slave Volume 8 or something like that. Have a weird seven of nine thing going on. People know what I mean. And uh, have a little trill action in there. Dax. And uh, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> we don't want to get too into my psychosis. I've been drinking a little bit. Phil After Dark might come out. Deadwood drinking game. Every shot, shot every time you hear cocksucker. The issue... The issues program should be every time I say motherfucker. Uh, what shows would you recommend? Vikings, Better Call Saul, if you haven't watched them yet. Daredevil, Jessica Jones, all shows to definitely watch. Luke Cage has been a lot of fun too um, from what I've seen so far. All shows I would recommend. Limitless is a fun, cheesy uh, network television show that's worth watching. If you're looking for something more cheesy, comedy-oriented is a little bit more subjective, a uh, tougher thing to suggest. Uh, I suggest The Wire, Sopranos, and Ever Oz, if you haven't watched them for, for HBO shows, and uh, Batman the Animated Series, if you haven't watched that. All Marvel Netflix shows. Yes, Alicia. Alicia said it very a lot more simple than I did. They're some of the best television that exists right now. I like Flash a great deal, but I don't, I don't, this premiere was really a lot, a lot of fun. I don't pretend it's an excellent show in all ends, but I like the Flash and I like some of those CW shows, but they're not excellent. But the Marvel shows are just next level awesome. House of Cards is really great. There's some really amazing seasons and there's some good seasons, but it's uh, definitely worth it if you're into that kind of show. True Detective season one, another thing I could highly suggest. Season two, I only made it three episodes. Vikings, if you like, uh, 
watch the first couple of episodes of Vikings. You'll figure out if you like it. Breaking Bad, if you haven't watched it, obviously. So here we go. Aftermath on the Sci-Fi Channel. Grand Theft Auto San Andreas Land. It's like Jericho. Uh, my twin likes Limitless. I used to love Oz. How it, what's not to love about Oz? You get to see all your favorite, um, all your favorite HBO or all your favorite SVU and Law and Order stars naked. I need, I like Flash. I need to get on Vikings. Vikings is a lot of fun. Van Helsing, great to see you. Great to see everybody. Thank you so much for everyone that's joined me throughout this evening talking about it. I'm not going to leave quite so far, but just to end so sort of the, the talk about this episode. Great episode. Can't wait till the next one. Nine out of ten side buttholes on this one. Good one. Eight, eight and a half from the last episode was my score for whatever it's worth. I guess maybe I should start doing scores might be kind of fun if we could if we talk buttholes <laughs> side buttholes but uh but yeah definitely watch it it's better than the first episode can't wait for the rest of the season yeah every prisoner became a cop on law and order it's true t baby they really did van helsing on sci-fi too oh cool it's got to be better than the movie it's got to be better than the movie mm-hmm Okay, for a little while, let me talk about a couple other shows that I've been watching right now. So, officially, the recap of Westworld is over. Thank you so much for tuning in. Appreciate it. I've also been enjoying... I've I've really been enjoying watching Luke Cage so far. All the Netflix series are really awesome. The first episode of Flash was great. Some part of me, even though it's horrible, it's not good. But some part of me likes Lethal Weapon. It's not the best show, but it's fun. It's kind of a, a good action show. I like buddy cop stuff. It's fun buddy cop stuff. And Damon Wayans was always my favorite of the Wayans brothers from In Living Color, Homie the Clown, and Homeboy Shopping Network, some of the best shit ever. So it's good to see Damon Wayans in a role. I don't expect the show to last too long, but it, I've enjoyed uh, the first couple of episodes of it. It's been... Uh, It's not very good, but I enjoy it. It's one of those shows. One side butthole out of of a full butthole. Three-fourths a butthole. (laughs) Lethal Weapon seems cheesy. I got to check it out. Stupid cheesy. Stupid cheesy. Like next level cheesy. But if you are, if you like a good cheese sometimes, a good action cheese, it's worth checking out. It's got good produ- good uh, production value for the for a television show. Some good explosions, some good action, some funny back and forth dialogue type shit going on. Uh, so it's definitely worth watching. Stephanie, Miss Stephanie suggests Exorcist. I haven't actually watched it. I'm too scared to. But she likes the show. She says it's very good and she's been enjoying it so far. So. Those are two other recommendations. Not one, not for me. I can't speak to The Exorcist. It's not my kind of pro- my kind of program. But Stephanie is liking it and says it's very good. You need a side butthole scale on your show when you rate an episode. I'm trying to find the ultimate ultimate scale for that. You're absolutely right. I do. There's full. I guess full side butthole would be the best. Something could be or spread eagle, <laughs> spread butthole. Uh, no butthole uh, sweatpants would be the worst possible. <laughs> Kingston was asking about the guy attacking the woman and the child at the end. Oh, well, uh, 
where was it at the at the end of the episode the man in black the man in black the anomaly in the system or is he just a person that is in there trying to figure out what the secrets to the system are and how he can go to the next level because in 30 years of playing the game he's done everything he possibly could ed harris he seems like a guest but how have they not noticed him yet? There is one moment, Alicia, in this in the episode where they have noticed him. In episode two, there's a moment when he is killing the guy's family when we flash to uh, Thor's brother there, one of the Hemsworth, the, the head of the security division, where his underling says, this guy's already killed a whole posse. Should we stop him? And he says, no, this guy can do anything he wants, is was the line. So we did get to hear at least some of the members of the staff are aware of the man in the man in black, but they either think of him as a guest or are allowing this as part of a behind-the-scenes situation that's going on, or he's an anomaly masking as a guest. So it's very interesting to see how that will pan out. They did They did motive him. Right, Phil? That's my question. Yeah, they said, let him have what he wants. I think he scalped the gambler off camera in episode one. Yeah, to get the, to get the map to the maze or to get a situation of the maze where someone hid a maze in one of the characters' scalp. Who did that? Is it an Anthony Hopkins thing? Does he want someone to make it to the maze? Crazy shit to think about. Did the man in black kill the guy attacking the woman? Did the man in black kill the guy attacking the woman? I'm not sure, Critch. You might you might uh, be able to handle that question. I'm blanking on that. Did the man in black kill the guy that was attacking the woman? No. He didn't. Who do you think died in the Walking Dead cliffhanger? You may have covered this in the Walking Dead recap. I'll go and find it after this stream. Who do I think that died in the Walking Dead in the Walking Dead season finale? I think it was probably my. I'm going to give two guesses. Two guesses: Abraham and Daryl. They're the two ones that make the most sense to me. Wasn't clear, but he also moved on her with a knife. Oh, I know. What you, did the man in black kill, kill the guy that was attacking the woman? No, I don't think so. Now I know what you're talking. I was blanking on what you were talking about. I don't think so. I think it was a dream. And somehow in the dream, the man in black became the guy that was attacking the woman. I don't think he actually killed her. I think it was a sort of weird mind sort of bending thing. I kind of pawned that off on you, Critch, because I wasn't sure at first what T uh, I did. I was like, what? it took me a second to realize what you were talking about. But good question. Very good question. I'm thinking Abraham. Abraham makes the most sense just because his characters reached a point where we, where we could say goodbye to him and it would still hurt. Um, but I, in Daryl, I, I mean, I don't think Daryl's really dead, but he was who I said from the beginning. So I'm kind of have, have to stick to that. I don't think it's going to be as simple, though, as one person dying. It makes sense that maybe more than just one thing will happen in that episode. I think Negan's going to become our main character for a while in this first season. Wasn't he the model that got his nose broke? Oh, may have. Eugene, excuse me, saying goodbye to everybody. Was that misdirection? Aber, Eugene is Immaculate's guest. 
That was interesting when she woke up. I was surprised she made it that far to see the other body. Yes, that was an amazing scene. And I love that actress. I mentioned before that actress was in a movie called Gridlocked with Tupac and Tim Roth. One of my favorite movies. If I was making a list of my favorite movies, it'd probably be somewhere in the the 15 to 20 range of my favorite movies I've ever seen. Really love the movie Gridlock. Underrated film and one of and probably my favorite performance of Tupac's as an actor and one of my favorite of Tim Roth's too. And she plays a character named Cookie that is the lead singer of the band that Tupac and Tim Roth are in there. They play in the jazz trio. And this girl, they, the uh, the person that played the the, uh, the madam in this episode can really sing too. She has an amazing voice. I hope they bring that into it, into the episode at some point in time to have her performing in the, in you know, doing some song and dance number of some sort. But she has has a really sultry kind of jazzy voice. Fanday Newton. Yeah, Fanday Newton. She is amazing. And I, I loved her in Gridlocked. That was she plays a minor part in that movie, but she uh well, she's not as big of a part as Tim Roth and Tupac are, but she plays a very pivotal role in that movie. And that and I knew I remembered her from something, but it's it's uh, great to know that she's working. It looks like the model they showed Hannibal at the end to expand the story. That model was never released, right? Uh, that was interesting when she woke up. Uh, yeah, I don't remember names. Man in Black may have interrupted her dream. Freak out too, coming along with the winter. Winter, of course. It's fucking amazing stuff. Great episode of this show. And thank you to everyone that has joined me tonight for this fucking podcast. It's been awesome talking to you guys, and thank you for keeping me company on this fucking Friday night. I think Sasha will get over it. She didn't seem completely sold on hooking up with Abraham yet either. Yes. I think Abraham, it just makes the most sense for that, for that situation. For it to be Abraham. No, it, it, it may, it makes more sense. So yeah, thank you everyone for joining me. If you haven't already and you enjoyed this recap and review, please hit that like button. Please hit the subscribe button. You can also find us on iTunes to subscribe to the podcast if you want to listen to us in the car or something like that. This will be the first episode back on our iTunes stuff. And I'll start trying to release every podcast up on there. And uh, and please join, please subscribe on iTunes and give us some comments and star ratings if you think I'm I or we are worth it, but all the walking dead and the game of Thrones recaps are on there. And you can also find all those recaps and podcasts on issuesprogram.com. And as I said, subscribe to the channel. You can also find different ways to help the channel out in the link links below, whether it be PayPal, Patreon, or joining up with uh, audible for a 30 day free trial and a free audio book to help out the channel. All those ways help us grow and go. And the more we get that sort of stuff, the more I can do this more and more and more. Thank you to all of you guys for joining us. All your questions, comments, using the motherfucking chat are fucking awesome. Cannot wait to keep doing this more and more and more. It's great to be out here two times a week. We'd have the regular season really start. And I'm going to start coming out here more and more and more as we lead into the walking dead and some other shows and, was suggested earlier maybe do some more weekly roundup kind of general topic podcast where i come out here and just not even have a plan and just kind of take what the what you guys in the live chat have to say and go in a lot of different weird directions because that's a lot of fucking fun too so great thank you so much for joining me tonight you guys are fucking amazing you guys are great i'm at knowledge alicia t baby critch caleb um 
Mouse Mouse Love 210. Uh Forenza. So many television shows and animes this season. It's gonna be a lot of great fucking times. Cannot wait. This could be the best year ever. And you guys have been so supportive. Thank you so much for helping us reach 10,000. Thank you so much for all the continued support to help with the push to 25000 Now let's do it. We can fucking do it. You guys are great. And with all your help, uh with your help, I love. I have uh I don't even know what I fucking want to say right now. I'm just very, very happy. So you guys are amazing, and the walking dead is coming. So everybody make sure you remember to find your shit, buddy, tonight. Good night, everybody, and I will talk to you soon. Here we go. Let me push this button right here and do this right here. Push this right here. Have to worry. Get your shit, buddy, everybody. Don't have to worry, get your shit, buddy. Don't have to worry, get your shit. Get your shit, buddy. Now get your shit, buddy. Bye, everybody. Someone goes, where's my where's my 10,000 subscriber party? I, I want to wait to do it till the fall because we hit 10,000 subscribers right at the beginning of the summer, which is kind of our off season around here. So somewhere in the winter, early winter, maybe during a snow day type situation, I want to do a 24-hour stream. I just need to figure out the logistics of it or at least maybe a 12-hour stream of some sort of celebration for 10,000. Uh, it just happened to be the timing of it was right at the end of the Walking Dead season. I mean, the Game of Thrones season. And, uh, but we will have some sort of celebration at some point about it. And, uh, and yes, uh, uh, do some sort of party or something, maybe even on New Year's Eve or so. I don't know. I don't know how it manifest itself. Um, I will figure it out later at some point, but I, we will have a 10,000 subscriber, uh, live stream party, but I'd probably, like I said, more in the winter time towards the end of the year maybe as an end of the year celebration slash uh, party in that towards the end of December and like that week in between Christmas and New Year's will probably be a good time to do something like that. Anyways, here we go, guys. Talk to you soon.